This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Remarkable Results Radio, Carm Capriato here in Lackawanna, New York. And I'm at a, a very interesting event. It's a peer review group from Transformers. And we've had a blast. You're going to hear a whole bunch of great episodes because we brought our portable studio here to this great event. And we just keep pulling people out of the peer review. And with me right now happens to be John Long. And we changed the name from Shirts to True Automotive. Am I right? Total True Automotive. Total True Automotive in Shirts, Texas area. How many stores now? Three. Three can't, locations. Can't keep up with you, buddy. Wow. You say hello to Mark for me, will you? Will do. Good to see you here. Good friend. Been on the show a lot. Appreciate it. And then Dan Taylor's here. Dan Taylor from Transformers, senior director of just about everything that needs to be done that Greg yeah. says, please do it, for, handle it, Dan, right? I've got my hands in a lot of and things. You've been on a Thank bunch you. of great shows. And in fact, if you listen to the Rod Olson show that we did a while back, you were on it with me. Great episode. Classic, classic. So thanks for being here. Hey, plan to be at Apex 2023, October 31st through November 2nd. Apex will build upon the incredible success of Joe's Garage, a full 10-bay working environment. If you earn your living in the auto service aftermarket, then Apex is for you. Hey, let's face it. Your shop management system is the most critical tool in your shop. And Napa Tracks will move your shop into the SMS Fastlane with on-site training, six days a week support, and local representation. Find Napa Tracks on the web at N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. There's so much going on. I have, you know, in confidence been able to be out in a little bit of the peer review group and learning a lot of great things. Pretty tough for the individual to learn it and a lot of great takeaways from everyone who's here. But you've got a great concept here that we want to talk about here called Mission. Yeah, The Mission. The Mission. The yeah. Mission. Yeah, and the story behind that, Carm, and to our audience is that we have guest speakers. So Rod is one of our guest speakers in leadership groups. We have another gentleman named Yemi Mobilati. And then I introduced a guy that I've known for several years who retired from a international, very big construction company. So he was over massive projects, some of these into the hundreds of millions and half a billions of dollars. And, and a lot of times we have very parallel you know, formats with construction. We have labor and we have supplies, in this case, parts. How do we get them together and everybody work together? The biggest difference is their projects are 18 months, 36 months, et cetera. And then, of course, our projects are anywhere from a day to two or three days. And maybe you're waiting for a part, you're out a couple of weeks or whatever. But he said, we try to get the individual person, team member that's doing their job to identify for themselves what the mission is that they do every day. And so he gave an example of a stadium. What's the mission of the stadium? Of course, everybody says, well, you know, putting seats in and putting a roof on it and putting bathrooms in. And he kept asking and asking. Well, eventually he brought this around to all of us that when their team members on any construction site look at an apartment building, a stadium, they identify that as that apartment is going to be where someone has their family meals and that they tuck their kids in and they sleep every night. And for that stadium, that will be generations of people bringing their family for entertainment, whatever that entertainment might be. And it'll be building memories for those families. So that mission, the mission is deeper than what they did on their individual jobs. And every day, the mission is reminded. Everybody reminds, what are we here for? Well, I'm here to make sure that these folks are going to have a, a safe place to have, have dinner, shower, you know, all that good stuff. Man, we got to bring this to our level with what we do in our industry. If the construction guys are doing it, and we certainly can do the same thing. So I had a meeting with 
actually the Aspen team, Greg's organization, six managers, and we were talking about this. And I have, there's a gentleman that named Ryan Morrison, who is the store manager of one of their bigger stores, but he used to be a shop foreman prior to that technician for the last 12 or 14 years that he's worked for Greg. Well, before I had my own shop, which take my cars to my own shop, but in the past, you know, Ryan was identified as a guy who cared about my vehicles as much as if they were his own. So he's always been my personal technician with my own personal cars. Three years ago, my wife had a pretty significant health challenge where if I didn't get her to the hospital, the surgeons later informed me, she would have passed that night. I looked Ryan because I asked him the same question in this group of six managers. I said, what's our mission? Of course, you know, well, we keep vehicles safe and we keep them reliable and keep people on the road. I said, but what's the mission? I looked Ryan in the eye and I said, here's the mission and the part you played in it, my friend. When I needed to get my wife expeditiously and I drove over hundred miles an hour on the interstate to get her to the hospital. And within two hours, she was in emergency surgery to save her life. You played a role in that, my friend. And I get very emotional. I almost get emotional telling the story yeah. because I wanted Ryan to know how important his role in all that was. When I needed the vehicle the most, the person I trusted with the maintenance and reliability of that vehicle, it delivered. And I said, that's your mission, Ryan. We are such a professional industry, and I am not sure that the world out there knows and appreciates the passion that we have for what we do to get it right almost, you know, our, our goal would be 100% of the time, and maybe we accomplish 99, you know, the brake job, all the things that it takes to make that vehicle safe and press the button, turn the key, it works, and you go. How often we just take it for granted, right, John? Oh, yeah, that's... The customers take it for granted. We take it for granted, but our teammates have to know the mission. They have to know the why, you know, back to Simon Sinek, start with why. They have to know what's behind that. It's not that, hey, we fixed a car. We're the hero now. It's that, hey, yes, we fixed the car. We guided soccer mom to get little Susie to soccer practice so she can be the hero to her daughter for taking her to soccer practice. You know, we guided someone to be able to go to the hospital and take their wife there for emergency surgery. You know, we're not the hero in that process. And we have to remember that we're there to guide them through that process. They don't want another hero. They're already the hero. So we can't, you know, try and take that away from them. Donald Miller wrote the book Story Brand. And there's some reference going on here yeah. to hero and guide. And it's on our books page on the website where we have all these books that are dropped and mentioned on the show. But it was really a profound book. It was so moving to me to realize that we all have a story to tell and we have a role in many people's lives. To your point about the stadium, years ago, when I was going through leadership training, there was the story of the cathedral and an individual going up to the you know person who's making the three bricklayer. What are you doing? He says, I'm mixing mortar. What are you doing? I'm laying bricks. What are you doing? I'm building a cathedral. So it was the mission that the third individual realized the much bigger role right. that he had. Well, and the roles that we all play in each other's lives, how we all intertwine, right? Whether it's even a, a chapter for a short period of time with somebody or, you know, one of the things I encourage people when they get, their industry is such wonderful human beings. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you meet or whether they're part of networking groups or not. They're just wonderful human beings and they care about the other person. And a lot of times people, there's a residue or a ruminating because they had to let somebody go or somebody moved on. I like to lovingly challenge people. When they feel that way, did the person that you worked with during that period of time, 
Did they leave with additional skill sets to help them in the next chapter of their life? And if we can play that, you know, from a role standpoint, make a difference in other people's lives, it could be the mission of the store owner is that everyone that comes through here, I'm going to make sure they have more skill sets, better prepared, personally and professionally grew, better stewards with their family, better parents, whatever that might be. And we send them on their way. You know, in Transformers and even at uh, your place, John, are you guys doing anything in moving training into this whole mission strategy? Yeah. I mean, we're having, you know, weekly meetings with our teammates regarding this whole process of how do we want to do this? How do we want to guide people through the process and remember them, you know, for what they need to do? It's not that their car's broken and we need to fix the car because that's not the mission. The mission is to guide them through their process. So we need to have those talks with our teammates and train our teammates that this is what it is. We need to tell them what the mission is, and it's not just to fix the car. Apex 2023 is hard at work building the largest and most comprehensive expo in the nation. From vendor booths to Joe's garage with 10 working bays, prepare to learn by doing and attending classes from some of the best and the brightest industry trainers that continually get superior rating from students. Register at aapexshow.com and choose your training classes like EVAP Diagnostics, the Analytical Test Drive, Diagnosing Keys and Immobilizer Systems, and a class on Is the Transmission to Blame, among 30 others. Yes, Apex has the industry's top classes and trainers in a new setting this year. Also find every top industry company ready to talk with you about your business needs and career. So if you're you're living in the automotive aftermarket, then Apex is for you. Plan your three days around Joe's Garage and see tools and equipment in action. Register now at aapexshow.com, October 31st through November 2nd. Apex, now more than ever. Let's face it, your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. Napatrax was built from the ground up to make your business more profitable and efficient. We provide an extensive set of tools to increase and track profitability in real time. Napatrax offers the industry's best post-sale support, hands down, and we train your people on-site. Yep, on-site. And we offer remote refresher training 10 times a week, and customer support is open six days a week. Give us a call, visit the website, or join our Facebook community today to learn more. We'll prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Napatrax is always customized and tailored for you, whether you're a one-man shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at Napatrax, that's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Do our technicians, when they close the hood, they take the rag, you know, they rub the hood, make sure there's no fingerprints. Do they really think about the role that they had in that customer client's life? Most of them don't. Unfortunately, I would agree. To your point of how important it was that car did what it had to do in this emergency situation with your wife. What is training? We talked about it earlier today. You guys brought it up. I was just gobsmacked by it. What is training? Right. Come to the point that we may not know. We checked the box, wrote the resume. Well, we had GDI training and leadership training and SA training. But what is it? What did we do with it once we got it? What did we make sure? That, did the company grow and become better because of it? So what is mission? It goes back to the same story. I think this is a brilliant discussion. Yeah. If you wanted to, as an owner, 
as a general manager, COO in any business, and you start to think, what is your mission? What is the company's mission? What is the technician's mission? Maybe this is culture thing. I get it. We have to live within the foundational values of our company. But now that we got that and we believe in it, we have all this strength behind us. We act every day like our culture says. So what's your mission? Wow, that every step you make goes toward that. And one of the things my colleague, Jason Servideo, many people know him. Sure. One of the things he offers up or encourages people during his four-day service advisors training is you got to have your own mission statement. You've got to determine why you're there. You know, the why back to the Simon Simic. Why are you doing this, right? And I think whether it's, obviously it's more important to write it down. I have an intentions list that I live by and revisit that every day. But when I think about what my why is and everybody in my leadership groups, and I'm so blessed to have them in there, they know I'm there. I want them to prosper personally and professionally. And it doesn't matter if it's either side, as long as we're making some progress, I want them, them to have betterment in their life. So that's my why when I interact with everybody. And then when I think about the training, you know, I have certain documents that I follow. I bring them out every meeting and which brings us to another kind of a fork in the road. I've really learned the last couple of months repetition, even when we think we made the point, unless it's really ingrained, it's not made. It was like a smack in the back of my own head because I asked, actually I asked this group, Hey, I asked them one question that they all should have known. Not one person answered it. Now I'm not picking on them because I should have went over it more than two or three times. I should have went over it every meeting. So I was sharing with a lot of these folks that have other people in some of our other groups. I said, moving forward, I don't need new material. I don't need anything new. We're just going to keep going over and over those things that we need. That's so important. We're always looking for the new best next thing. Yes. Listen, you're a young man. What are you, 39? Yeah. uh, 39 going on 40. Good. And for you to come on my podcast and say, it's make me upside the head after all these years. I learned something new. First of all, God bless you, perpetual student, always in absorption mode is because you want to learn something new. That's one hell of a trait to have as a leader, coach, trainer, and all that you do. Repetition. Did it hit you hard too, John? Oh, yeah. It hit me very hard, you know, because many people think, you know, training is you get up there and you go to a class one time and that's it. You're trained. But that's not it. That's only step one of the process. You know, then there's, you know, doing it with that person. You know, so first you show them how to do it. Then you do it with them. Then you watch them do it. Then they can do it on their own. But then you got to start the whole cycle all over again. You can't just forget about it and leave them alone. You have to go back to them and start it at the step one again. Model it for them. Model it with them. Let them do it. Yeah, Rod even says, you know, of course, you know, he does a lot of training at very high levels. He says the missing block in business and in sport and in, you know, all the different uh, realms that he works in is that it not only that repetition through the cycle, but you got to have a mentor next to you constantly hanging out with you, making sure you're doing it. And that's Mm -hmm. what we miss. We miss the buddy program where a guy's right next to you, making sure the stuff's done over and over again. And one of the things I do, in fact, John, I'm fortunate enough to have John in my, my guidance, I have a leadership guidance committee and he's on it along with some of the other guys, you know, and that's to keep me, make sure I'm not losing track because I need to have guys next to me, keeping me on, you know, moving forward and learning and, and growing and, and doing great. the repetition stuff. That's great. Guys, I got to write a blog on this and here's what I wrote down. I'll tell you ahead of time. Mission accomplished, never done. Love it. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Mission accomplished, never done. That's a little plaque on the wall. Because when you walk out of your office, you're heading out, you know that you got to do it again. You're going to be the megaphone, the leader, the manager, the teacher, the trainer. And to your point about repetition, that's what never done means. Right. Okay. Episode over. So it's been an amazing run here this morning. There's been so many gems that have fallen off the tree. Oh my God. So you hate losing or do you love to win more, Dan? A little inside joke here. <laughs> People that know me, I have a disdain for losing. And I'm okay losing as long as we are competitive. It's when you don't show up, you don't try. Or we're not doing our very best efforts. We're not optimizing our chances. And, you know, this is off track a little bit, but it makes complete sense. So I do endurance bracing at a, at a, a pretty high level, yeah. pro-am level. Yeah. And it's eight to 24-hour races. So you have to control your energy. But at the end of the day, everybody's got to be on top of it all the time. And so there's this moderation of energy, but at the same time, we're not here to not try to win, right? I mean, there's times we have 20 cars in our class. We're here to win. I'm not here to show up and drive around the track. I'm here to get a podium finish, period. But does losing help make you better? Yes, it does. But I still hate it, just like Dan. It, it eats us alive. It, it grinds at me. Oh, yeah. I can't say that. It puts me down for yeah. a week at a time, but it really makes me sometimes reevaluate, rethink mm -hmm. and say, could have done that bigger, better. Maybe it's time for a change, but losing comes at all different kinds of right. levels. Well, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I'm not a gloater as a winner. I, it feels awesome to win. It does. Even beating my wife in cards, I love to beat her. I mean, yeah. I do. She's creamy three or four nights in a row. What if you lose uh, at Monopoly? What happens? Well, Monopoly's challenging because people have to work with you, right? So if they know your only goal is to win, you're not always cooperative. Oh, uh, yeah. Shit. I'm not going to move his yeah, thing anymore. He's on the opposite no. side of the board. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, they won't trade you the properties or whatnot. He, listen, he sits down to play Monopoly and he'll never smile for another two hours. Never. He's like this mad scientist in the back of the room. We can't even let him near the money. <laughs> I'm sorry I had this crazy well, vision. But, you know, back to the winning thing, a cultural value should be winning. And the team should define what winning looks like for them, right? Whether it's reviews, whether it's monetary winning, whether it's people progressing in their careers, you know, it's community involvement, whatever that is, I think culturally, organizations really need to define what a win looks like to them. Otherwise, it's left in ambiguity land. Yeah, yeah. And I was just talking, as we were doing some of our presentations, people want to win. They want to be on winning teams. They want to feel like they're winning. They want to feel like they have a chance to win. One of the things that came up was when the goals are set too high and they're unattainable, even when you sit there and crank out the numbers and you go, well, there's no way this person's going to hit this revenue threshold because you don't have enough people in the building doing it, right? They're short a couple of tacks. You can't win, and then it's deflating, right? It's demoralizing. Nobody feels like they're winning. Those are really challenging scenarios too, right? And then you feel like a loser. And you and I, Carm, have done these podcasts. How important your self-worth is, your self-value, yeah, yeah, self-esteem. Yeah. So back to the point, people like to win. I like to hang out with winners. John's a winner. His staff is winners. They're awesome people, and they know what it takes to win. We seem to never run out of topics, you and I, Dan. I just love sitting, you know, in the virtual studio or actually right here with you because I can't stop taking notes. I mean, just about every fourth word I have to write down because, you know, you've just, bam, you've laid it up. And I, mission accomplished, never done. 
links into winning and losing in my mind because because you can always use the win or the lose to go back to right. never being done and then going back up to mission. What is the mission? You know, your people also have to know where they stand, where they're at. You can't just, you know, leave it up to their interpretation yeah, of things. Yeah. You know, even though, share a little story, you know, we talk about numbers every week with our team. You know, our, our team leads come to the weekly meeting with our numbers and they have them and they talk about them. So, you know, I assumed, there's that word assume, that they understood where they're at, where they stand. And for months and months, you know, we had a teammate that we thought, you know, knew where she was on it. But then I had to have a difficult conversation with her and it's like, okay, this is truly where we are at. I thought you assumed because we talked about these numbers all the time that you knew where you were at. And that wasn't the case. I had to have that difficult conversation with her and be assertive and like, okay, this is it. We are not winning. You need to understand we are not winning right now. We, tough love. But what was the aftermath, Joe? The aftermath this is, is they've been killing it for the past three weeks. Yeah. It's absolutely it, killing it. The worst thing that some people have as leaders is to say, oh, I just don't want to have this. But if you have it with all the right intentions, you want to save this person, you believe in this person, but you also have a duty to the company, to the client, it works. If that person is in absorption mode and they're willing to learn and realize that there is a different way, then you got them. But if you didn't have that conversation, you'd still be in in the shithole. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know we've, we've been taught that we need to, you know, these soft skills. We need to be soft with people. We need to not be so rough around the edges ah, at times. But I then know. there's at these times where you have to be assertive and you have to have that tough conversation. I don't think soft skills means you're soft. That's just my opinion. Listen, doctors can be tough, but if they know how to have a good bedside manner, right. then we need to teach them soft skills, but we still need them to be doctors, right? Yes, yeah. They can't melt and that, when that's they where, need to make tough decisions. Yeah, and that's where I failed is I didn't do that. You know, I failed at that process. Well, thank God you realized that, you fixed it, you changed it, and, and you're here. I want to change this subject. Five minutes on this. Okay. A peer review. So you do this, Dan. You go out, you've got a ton of peer reviews, many groups. When you do a peer review on a company, what's the percentage of the outcome six months down the line from having these incredible people here saying, you know, we saw this, this is great. We saw this, this could use work. And the individual then takes those key points, works their business and transforms themselves. How often does it happen? How long does it take? What a great question. Open-ended question. Good news is that John had one of those about six months ago, so he can give you some direct feedback on that. I would say the other ones we've done over the years, you know, part of it is, I have to preface it with, the amount of information is pages and pages. And by the way, 95%, because every organization has awesome, great strengths. Rarely are we ever into the threat category where something's going to cause them to go out of business. So almost everything's in, hey, you know what? They got an opportunity for some improvement here. Yeah. You know what? This is a little bit of a weakness. If you could tweak it tweak or it. work on it, might enhance your position. So you've got literally hundreds of line items that fall in that weakness slash opportunity category. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's going to put you out of business. And at the same time, you got some really great strengths as an organization. The ones that we've done over the years, we've seen some pretty significant changes, mostly in how they look at their own business and go, okay, all right. We had a radically candid conversation. We had soft skill John give it to us uh, a little bit more straight. The packaging was okay. He was a good doctor and he told us exactly what we need to do to get healthy. And everybody's jumped on that. I mean, it's always a work in progress back to the mission that's never finished. 
but generally speaking, these have been really positive folks and the feedback has been exceptional. So with that, I'll let uh, Mr. Long here elaborate on his interpretation of the same process a couple yeah, months ago. Yeah, as a receiver of. Yeah, it was uh, back in late February, so about four months ago, uh, you know, the time of the recording here that we went through this, like Dan says, it's pages and pages of notes. And, you know, part of it is you can't take it personally. You know, they're not attacking you as a person. You know, they're just letting you know what they see and, hey, this is what we do in our organization. You may want to think about tweaking it this way. But you got to kind of look at what Jason's radio says. It's a buffet line. What I teach is a buffet line. You know, pick and choose what you want to take away and what you want to work on. And that's what you do. You tweak little things here and there. And we've tweaked some things here and there. And it's helped us tremendously in our profitability on how we do things, on how I approach things as a person, as a leader, as well on that. So it's just, you know, going through that process because we are independent repair facilities. And that's something that Dan had to remind me of as well is, you know, because that I ruminate over things and tremendously. So, you know, he had a, you know, Dan is a mentor and a great friend to me and, you know, had to remind me that, hey, we're independent repair facilities. It's still your shop, you know, run it the way that you guys still want to run it. Yeah. Thank you guys both for that episodes that we've done in the past on Dispatch. OMG, hottest topic, I think, in the industry. Not that we don't already do great workflow management inside, but we don't do good workflow management sometimes. Mission accomplished, never done. So thank you. Thank you both for that. I had a blast. Thank you. I know thank you're busy. You, I know you got to get back out with that group. John Long, Total True Automotive, Shirts, Texas. Dan Taylor from Transformers. I know if you're listening to me, you learned something. And I'm positive you did. So now go get it done. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. Thank you.